Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Welcome back to Urban Spelunking. I'm Bobby Tanzillo from On Milwaukee, and I'm here with Nate Immig. That's right. From 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. You did great starting. This is Thanks. perfect. That's yeah, my first ever that. start. You like yeah, that? Nice. Three years and you got your first start. Nice. I did. So to the Wauwatosa Village is our destination this yes. week in Urban Spelunking. And it's timely. Uh, we're at the restaurant, the Ristorante Bartolotta. This yes. was the Bartolotta. F- this was uh, Joe Bartolotta's first restaurant in Milwaukee. Yep. It's been open now for 25 years. And now I bet you can't even, he's got so many restaurants, you can't even name them all. Probably. That's right. I mean, talk about a, a restaurant You're empire. You're going to try, aren't I you? I can't even. Right. Yeah, but there are, I mean, dozens, it seems like, or probably about a dozen, right? Well, yeah, but he's also got these like catering things going too. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's like downtown kitchen inside mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. Bank building. He does the catering at the, he runs the food operation now at the Italian Community Center. There's okay. like all of these other things. He's it's a, it's an empire. Yeah, Bartolotta is certainly a Milwaukee name. He is an emperor. Yeah, if you spend any time <laughs> in Milwaukee, you've heard that name. Yeah, and it all started at this restaurant, Ristorante Bartolotta, in the Tosa Village, 25 years ago. So what was this building? I, you know, I used to work at the Chancery across the street, Bobby. Yeah. And I would pass this building all the time, and I never, ever looked up and saw the Pabst name oh, yeah. on top of well, it. Well, the building that's there now is uh, was built as a Pabst Tide House uh, in 1899, which was four years after the previous tavern. Well, there was another tavern on the site at least since 1870. There's a picture in, of downtown Wauwatosa in 1870, and there's a tavern on that site okay. that burned in the Great Fire of 1895, which basically decimated all of that area down there. Um, and then there was briefly briefly a little building there, but then Pabst bought the site and built this gorgeous sort of medieval castle-looking building that's there now. And, and that style matched all the other Pabst buildings. Yeah, I mean, even now, if you go to where the Pabst Brewery was, most of those buildings that survived from the Pabst era have those sort of castle-like crenellations at the top. I think that's one of the coolest things I've learned with you, Bobby, is uh, the the Tide House concept, you know? You, once you start to know what they look like, you see them all over the city and yeah, even Wabatosa. I know, and I'm, whenever I drive around, I see them all the time, and I think, oh, that looks kind of... And you can sort it like the Pabst ones often, not always, but often had those... Uh, there's one on uh, 14th and Juno that has the same kind of, like, castle-like thing going on. Um, so you can sometimes pick them out based on these qualities that they share. Yeah. Um, and but, tide houses were were almost always on a quarter. They tried, yeah, they because that was a high, you got people coming both ways, right. you know, right? You, it's very high profile. Is this a corner in Wabatosa in the Tosa Village? Kind of that rounded yeah. corner, right? Uh, yeah, it's where Harwood comes in to meet State. Okay. And Harwood used to go through, of course it doesn't now, because uh, you have that little square where Hollander and mm-hmm. Bavaria have their tables and stuff. But that used to actually go through. There was a bridge over the, the river there. So the Tide House opened there in 1899, mm-hmm. built by Pabst, yep. owned and, uh, operated by Pabst, yep. or contracted to sell Pabst products. And it served food at the, you know, during some of those years. There was a, there are a lot of photos of a, uh, of the era when a guy named George Lund owned the place, and it was called the Blue Ribbon Buffet. That is, I think, one of the coolest things about this story, too. I, I grew up in Tosa, and just seeing all these really old photos of the Tosa Village in your piece, uh, going all the way back to the 1870s. Yeah, right? the Historical Society in Tosa is, is really great, and they were really nice to let me come in and take some of their photos to use. Yeah, so you got all these photos, and um, so it was this tavern and, and a buffet for a while, had a food. Yeah. What happened during Prohibition? Well, Prohibition, uh, the... That ends and it becomes a, a pharmacy. Okay. And then it's a pharmacy for a really long time till um, 
the 1960s when it becomes uh, the Peter Piper Pancake House. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> Isn't that a great name? Peter Piper Pancake House. Um, and uh, unfortunately, at that point, if I, I've seen a photo of it from the Pancake House era, and the exterior of the building was painted white. All over the Cream City brick? Yeah. yeah. It's always yeah. such a shame when yeah, that I'm happens. wincing. Can you feel the wincing? <laughs> I hope you can feel it. It's um, that same thing of like covering up the beautiful hardwood floors with yeah. linoleum, right? Or or with carpet. Or whatever. With syrupy yeah. carpet. <laughs> yes. In fact, there's anecdotes about this pancake. Peter Piper's pancake house. Was, yes. was a, it was a sticky situation in there. There was a sticky situation, <laughs> according to Joe Bartolotto, who used to go there as a child because he grew up not far from there. So he has his own history with this building. And he remembered going there as a kid and the carpet being all sticky all the time from the, because, you know, you serve pancakes and syrup in this place. Why would you put a carpet on the floor? Right. But anyway. Like a proper pancake house. But I digress. Right. So Joe Bartolotta moves in uh, 25 years ago. In fact, um, when he came back to Milwaukee, there was this, uh, it was kind of tough for him to, to, to find a place to open his first restaurant. Yeah. He had been working in uh, restaurants and hotel restaurants uh, out in New York and on the other places on the East Coast. And he came back um, and wanted to open a restaurant and he found this place. But I think people were skeptical, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot going on in Tosa at that time. I mean, it was, there were businesses downtown, of course. There was a hardware store. There's all that. I mean, like the kind of businesses people needed on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. But it didn't have a nightlife or anything. Like the only other restaurant really that was open down there was the Chancery. Yeah. Um, and even the owner of the building, that the guy that still owns the Ristorante building now, uh, didn't even really want Joe to open in there. I, I just don't think he thought it would work, you know. Well, thinking um, back to what, what the Tosa Village must have looked like 25 years ago, I mean, you said it was a downtown. There was there was stuff going on there. But now I think people look at the Tosa Village as like the crown jewel of Tosa, right? Yeah, it's, like it's a destination. I mean, you don't even, like back then, you didn't, you weren't going to drive to, if you didn't live right around there, you weren't going to go to, drive across town to go to Robertson's Hardware, right? I mean, right. it wasn't a destination like it is now. People come from all over the city to go to Ristorante, to go to these other restaurants and things that are there. Well, that story, 25 years ago, obviously lots of history in the, in the meantime. We're going to talk more about Joe coming back to town and All opening right. this first restaurant on the next half here of Urban Spelunk. And keep it here. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. pride, 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 pride. All right, and we are back in Wauwatosa talking about the 25th anniversary of Ristorante Bartolotta. This was Joe Bartolotta's first restaurant in Milwaukee. And, I mean, just for any restaurant to make it 25 years, that's a feat itself. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there were challenges. I mean, he was in a place that didn't have a lot of restaurants. And as you as you can see from Tosa now, the this idea that restaurateurs have of having sort of like a a grouping of restaurants really kind of it's a rising tide that lifts mm-hmm. all boats you know that that it makes it a destination where people want to come and you you know they sort of feed off each other like it's like you were saying uh joe de rosa who owned the chancery right across the street invested was one of the first investors in joe bartolotta's business right across the street he didn't view it as competition as much as he viewed it as it's going to bring more people here and it and that's exactly what happened i mean the two of them helped create what downtown Tosa is now. I mean, I guess if you like it, that's great. If you don't like it, <laughs> you don't like it. But, well, the, but I mean, they really did transform that neighborhood into a really happening neighborhood. Right. It's hard for me to even think that people wouldn't like downtown Tosa because there is something there for most people. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm just going by the theory that there's always somebody who hates it. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's always a naysayer, right? 
But it just shows you how the how the downtown area of Wabatosa has grown over the years. Uh, you know, there's family restaurants, there's fine dining restaurants like this one. Uh, there's pizza places, there's yeah. European cafes, you know, and and everything else in between. Right. Um, and so so stark of a contrast to these early early pictures of downtown Tosa that you found. Um, yeah, there's way fewer horses now. <laughs> yeah, way less horses, right? <laughs> A little bit more pizza. Um, but, you know, Joe also has overcome the size of the, the... The place is beautiful. I mean, you've seen it. It's incredible. Yeah. But it's small. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, and he talks about this uh, in the story is that, you know, you have to... He had at one point thought about trying to find a new location for the restaurant because... It's a challenge. You know, you have to turn the tables over so many times in a restaurant that small. Mm-hmm. And Milwaukee has a, you know, a finite kind of dining hour, sort of. Like, it's it's not, you know, there's not, he couldn't stay up until two in the morning and just keep turning over tables. Right. Like it's, it's financially challenging to have a restaurant like that. But it's so beloved and it's so respected. Um, they do such a good job there that people do come and they do, and they have made it a successful restaurant not only have they made it 25 years they're still regularly win like best italian restaurant in the city all the time in in polls and things and it's doing so well that they've spent a ton of money to renovate it recently just this this year in honor of its 25th anniversary he redid the redid the kitchen they redid a bunch of stuff in the dining room you know because after 25 years stuff gets worn out yeah and taste change too i mean people want a little different um, experience so yeah so they poured a ton of money into it he's obviously committed to stay in there and it's doing well. Well, you talked to Joe Bartolotta for, it seems like you really spent some time with them when you were doing this piece. And I don't know, I'm just always struck when I, when I talk to people that are, you know, at the helm of these big initiatives. Like, like for example, I just did a story where I talked to Greg Marcus yeah. at the, uh, the St. Kate hotel. Yes. Um, you just get kind of this sense of these visionary type guys, these big picture type guys, you know, that, that are, you know, overseeing these transformative um, initiatives. So, what was it like just hanging out with Joe Bartolotta? Like, what kind of guy oh, is he? I think he's a great guy. You know, I mean, he's super easy to talk to, super friendly, um, is open. You know, like you don't get a sense that he's hiding a whole lot. Like we when we were there, he was telling me actually that one of his dreams is to open a dinner theater. Oh, really? He's like in Wamatosa or just in general? Yeah, wherever. He's like he's always got an eye out. He's like this has been his dream for years and years and years, and as he's been opening all these restaurants and doing all these different kind of concepts, he's always in the back of his mind got this dinner theater concept like sort of bubbling away, Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. So you're, but he's not, he's not keeping it to his chest. He's willing to talk about it. He's happy to talk about it. You know, it's, um, he's that kind of guy. He's just like, he'll tell you, he told me great stories about growing up in the neighborhood and going with his like, going with his friends. They were all supposed to go to church. So they would run over to the church and pick up a bulletin in the lobby uh, stick it in their pocket and then go to the pancake house and chip in what money they had to <laughs> eat some pancakes and then they'd go back home and then be like just to make it like really obvious they'd throw the bulletin down on the table or something that's like see we went to church that is ingenious <laughs> that sounds ingenious. like that sounds like I, I hope he didn't just make that story up because that sounds like something you would see in like a, oh yeah no in an 80s movie or something like yeah no the I clever I, kids I did not get the sense he made it up yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting too that he had this personal connection to the building. I mean, what a story that he would skip church to to go have pancakes in the place that would become his future flagship restaurant. And w- which was purely coincidental. It wasn't like he came back and he was like, "I really love that building. I want to go check it out." He just happened to be walking by one day and noticed a sign in the window that it was for rent. Wow! And just like jotted down the number and called. Like it wasn't you. You know, you might want to think it's this, this beautiful aha moment, like, "Oh, my dream place has become available." <laughs> it just totally was like walking by. Saw it. Yeah. And look, 25 years later, 
he, with his the help of his brother Paul, he opened this place, and now he's got he's the emperor of Milwaukee dining. <laughs> <laughs> well, twenty five years later, still going strong at Ristorante Bartolotta, right in the heart of the Tosa Village. You can find more about that story, see lots of great pictures, and uh, it is a really great local story. Just talk yeah, about you know yeah. one guy doing his thing and, and building this empire. Lots more to read right here on this page at RadioMilwaukee.org. Podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcasts on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's On Milwaukee's Bobby Tensilum. Thank you. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate.